You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleveland, Texas and meets on Sundays. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit HopeChurchCleveland.com. Last week, Joshua was called by God. Then he began to rally the troops. And he sent spies into the new land. And the spies encountered a prostitute. Now, the Old Testament was very careful to tell them that that they were not there for the prostitute reasons, but they, they needed her to make sure to protect them. And she did. And eventually, Rahab, the prostitute, made a way for the spies to hide and to provide the information back to Joshua for them to eventually take the promised land. But see, then we see in the story that Rahab was saved. But here's the problem. Can I go Old Testament theology for you for a minute? Here's the problem. In Deuteronomy 20, 16, it says this. But in the cities of these people, this is what he told Joshua. But in the city of these people, that the Lord your God is giving you for an inheritance, you shall save alive nothing that breathes. So do you think Rahab the prostitute breathed? Yes. So she was not supposed to be saved. But how was she saved? Why was she saved? You see, in the Old Testament, you see over and over and over again, the people that were saved were the chosen people, the people of Israel. But yet, why is it that Rahab, the prostitute, the one lady, why is she saved? That's the title of my message today. How are we saved? Well, I think we can learn some lessons about how we can be saved with Rahab, the prostitute. So if you have your Bibles, grab them. We're going to be in Joshua eventually. Don't rush me. I'll get there eventually. Um, We'll be in Joshua chapter 2. If you'd like to follow along in the Hope Church Cleburne app, uh, in the sermon notes, I would inform you today would be a good day to get that because I'm going to be all over the place. I'm going to have a lot of scripture. I'm not going to apologize for having a lot of scripture. You're just going to be lost if you don't catch up. Okay? You with me? So while you're in there, click the announcements. I got a a few announcements for you. That first one up there, you're too late. It's going on right now. Hope Connect. Uh, Just be watching the app if you want to be a part of the church. Uh, Be a member. Be connected to the church. We will have another one the first Sunday uh, in the new quarter. what, What month is the new quarter that starts? Is it August? September? What, what, what is the third quarter start? Fourth quarter, huh? September. Thank you, money people. Appreciate you. Uh, September. So the first, it'll probably not be that day uh, because that's Memorial Day weekend, but it'll be the other day. So you can catch us then. Then Wednesday night is what? Faith night at the depot. It's going to be awesome. Hope worship starts at 6 p.m. They will be worshiping for 45 minutes up to 645 First pitch is at 7.05. I've got the players' favorite Bible verses between the innings. Then at the end, you're going to have testimonies from the players. It's going to be a great night. Click on that link there in the app. It takes you to the Railroaders website to buy tickets. If you will put in the code FAITH, it's $20 for adults. I believe $15 for kids. But that includes hot dog, chips, and a drink. 
If you've ever been to the depot, hot dog, chips, and a drink is 20 bucks by itself. Uh, so it's a good deal. Uh, and and I'll go out at least, show up at 6 uh, to support Hope Worship. You can leave at 7.05 if you want to. Um, but it'll be a good game. Uh, you can do that. And then uh, we've got shirts for sale and then no services in July. But now I have... The information that we've all been waiting for. You know, I've been I've been teasing some information the past couple weeks. Yeah. Remember how I told you I gotta I gotta make sure that we've got uh, all of my bases covered, okay? Because uh, one thing that you learn in leadership school is a good leader never gives information until all of his leaders know about it first, okay? So you learn nothing from me, learn that, okay? So we are starting three services in the fall. Have you heard? Have I have I talked about it? Yeah, right. Have, have I talked about it? Great. Did you know we're starting three services? We are? Okay. Just like Hope Connects in the conference room. 8.30, 8.30, 10, and 11.30. And on the very first week, we're going to start a brand new sermon series for five weeks. It's going to be called At The Movies. Ooh, right? Sounds fun. So we're going to be doing ser illustrated sermon series, much like Jesus did with parables. Jesus would use common day stories uh, and relate them to biblical principles. So that's what we're going to do with movies. The first movie that we're going to cover is Star Wars. Ooh, yeah. yeah which one? I don't know. I'm doing good versus evil. You're getting way ahead of me, Chris. Okay, I've got that for you. <laughs> Just where we're encouraging you to dress up and wear costumes to church. We've got, let me, hey, for you people that like to plan, let me give you the movies. we got Star Wars. we got Sandlot. I'll let you know the schedule when we get closer. we got Back to the Future. we got It's a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, the Mr. Rogers movie, and Wizard of Oz. Thank you. Wizard of Oz. Uh, we're going to have people dressed up. We're going to have photo booths. We're going to have characters come. Uh, I've got the Mandalorian I've heard is coming. We've got Chewbacca. Yeah, you said Shane was coming as Mandalorian. Never said that. Yes, you did. In the meeting. It's in the notes. I'll show you. And uh, y'all pray for Mo. Uh, Isaiah. Well, I'm talking to Isaiah about dressing up as Baby Yoda to take pictures. It's going to be fun. Uh, so, guys, it is going to be an awesome time. But wait, there's more. You know, it sounds awesome. Oh, great. At the movies. I can invite my friends. It'd be great. But what's the catch? Here's the catch. Here's how we're going to bait you to invite your friends. Pastor, do you bribe people to bring people to church? Yes, I do. As long as people are getting saved, we're going to bribe you to get. Anyway, okay. So five weeks. This goes the entire five weeks. If you bring a first time guest, this first time guest, this has to be their first time at Hope Church. You and your guest get your name in a drawing for, drum roll please, a trip to Disney World. Wow, that was a better reaction to this service. I have 50 more people in this service. It better be. <laughs> and so it is. So here's the rules. Your, your first time guest and you get their name in the drawing as a family. We're just going to draw it as a family. So if you're single, you just get your name in it. If you have six people in your family, it's just your family. Okay? But your family gets to go. So here's the thing. You get it only if you bring a first time guest. 
Okay, I know in past we've allowed you to put your names in just for showing up, but we're up in the ante. This is Disney, baby. This is serious, right? So if you want your name in the drawing, you have to bring a first-time guest. You, and some of you may ask, and I'm glad you asked it, Josh, what if I bring a first-time guest all five weeks? Then you get your name in the drawing all five times. So it's, it's, you have plenty of time to start finding some friends. Okay, if you don't have any friends, now's the time. Uh, it is going to be good. And at the end of the series, we are going to draw for a trip to Disney World. And hey, who doesn't like dressing up and, wearing, and bringing lightsabers to church, right? It'll be awesome. Okay, I'm glad three of you like that, all right? So uh, one, more, one more thing before I get to kids camp. Don't, don't kill me yet, Monica. I'll, I'll get there, I promise. Monica was assigned. Don't let him forget about kids camp. Um, now, if you look, okay, let me preface this. If you're a new guest, don't listen to me. If you've been here a long time, listen up. Look to your right. Look to your left. I have to do it opposite. It's hard. I have 50 people in this service more than I had in the last service. Now, eventually we're going to three services, but we're growing during the summer too. I don't know how or why. It's great. Jesus is doing it. That's awesome. Uh, I need a little bit more room in this service. So if you could do me a favor, I know it's summer, but if you could wake up at nine and come to the nine o'clock service or wake up at 830 and come to the nine o'clock service, I would really, I mean, I mean, some of you wake up at nine and still come to the nine o'clock service, but uh, you, know, <laughs> I mean, you show up at the preaching, I mean, there should be an audience here. We're family. We love each other. Uh, but if you could give me a little bit more room in this service, I would greatly appreciate it, okay? One thing a first-time guest doesn't like is walking into a full room. Uh, you, we're family here. You love each other. It's no big deal. First-time guests, they hate it. Uh, so if you could let us, you know, make a little bit more room. We'd like to not go to three services till September. So if you could help us with that, I would very much appreciate it. Kids camp. Kids camp, you are going to, you need to be here at 1 o'clock. Uh, you have some forms to fill out. Those forms have to be filled out the day of. That's what the camp requires of us. We can't do anything about it. Need you to be here at 1. We are leaving at 1.30. Okay? We will be caravanning out to Maypearl. I'll already be there. I'll meet you there. Uh, and we will be there. Uh, moms, dads, if y'all have any questions, uh, holler at Pastor Tina about those. She can get you information. Or you can ask me. I'll be there. Uh, I'd be happy to help. Anyway, you can. All right? Good? All right, let's continue. So how can we be saved? Let's read Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. So the first reason that Rahab the prostitute was saved is because she had faith. She had faith. Joel 2, 32 says, and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Guys, unfortunately, the evangelical Western church of the 20th century has done our population a huge disservice. We have reduced a relationship with Jesus down to an instant, down to a moment. We have told you that if you will walk down the aisle and pray this prayer, you will be saved. Well, yes and no. If you mean it, 
Yes, it saves you. But here's the problem. A lot of people go down, pray the prayer, and then go back and live their life however they wanted to. But here's what Rahab, the prostitute's faith, did. That means when Rahab had faith to turn over her people to the Israelites, what happened to her people? They were annihilated. Her whole life changed. This was a life-changing moment for her. The problem is we've reduced salvation to a moment when it is a life-changing experience. Guys, if you think that walking down the aisle, praying a prayer saves you, then you're going to be in, a big, in for a big surprise when you meet Jesus. Because let's face it. Let's face it. The only way that we can be saved is through a relationship with Jesus. And guys, most of the time we've reduced the relationship with Jesus to a prayer, to fire insurance. And that's not what a relationship with Jesus is all about. A relationship with Jesus is something that has changed us, something that made us better. That's rough. Let's go to James chapter 2, verse 25. <laughs> you can always count on James to make it better, right? I'm joking. If you've ever read James, it's just like punched in the face the whole time. And in the same way, was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the message and sent to them out by another way? She was justified by what? She was justified by her works. So she was saved by faith, but she put that faith into what? Number two, action. Action. Guys, many times we just say that we believe something, but we don't put it into action. Guys, I don't care how many Bible verses you post on Facebook. If you don't put those Bible verses into action, nothing changes. Guys, you could, you could have the greatest spiritual knowledge on the planet and still go to hell. Because if you don't get that head knowledge down into your heart, nothing will save you. Guys, that's one of the things that, that just struck me when I was in, in pastor school. You would think that, that everybody there would have a relationship with God, but a lot of them, you could tell that it was just knowledge. It had not gone from knowledge to something that saves them, something that changed them. And guys, Rahab the prostitute, she took something. She took the knowledge of Jesus, the knowledge that God was moving with the people of Israel, and she took action. Now, guys, when I was prepping for this sermon, I kind of had two sermons that I was going to go for. I, I had this first sermon that I just preached to you, and I have another one. And I was like, which sermon should I preach? And I couldn't decide, so guess what? I'm preaching both. Okay, so you ready for the second sermon? Okay, that one was good, right? Are you ready for the second sermon? Okay, the, the other title I was working on, okay, because I couldn't decide, is how do we go down in history? Because not only did Rahab have a changing, saving work with God, 
How did she go down in history? You see here in history, in Matthew chapter 1, in verse 5, this is the lineage of Jesus. You see, and Salmon, the father of Boaz by Rahab. So Rahab, she is a female prostitute. Let me, let me tell you something. In Jewish genealogies, number one, a woman is not usually in a Jewish genealogy. And number two, most definitely not a woman prostitute in a genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ. But she went down in history. So how did she come from a prostitute to in the line of a king? So I told you to, to be patient with me, and eventually I'd land in Joshua. Joshua chapter 2, verse 8, it says, Before the men lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the fear of, of you has fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the waters of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan to Shion, sorry, this, and Og, whom you devoted to destruction. The first thing she did that went, made her go down in history is she saw the act, activity of God. She saw the activity of God, and what did she do? She acted. She talked about the God of Abraham, the God of your fathers, dried up the Red Sea. She saw the activity of God, and she acted upon it. Guys, sometimes when we know that God is moving, we just need to act. We, need to, we don't need to just stand around. we got to act upon it. Oftentimes, if Rahab was a part of the evangelical Western church in the 21st century, oftentimes she would say, well, you know what? I need to pray about that. That sometimes we spend too much time thinking and praying on things when God says, go, act, stop waiting on it, go for it. You know, and I'm not saying it's not a good thing to pray. Yes, you should always seek God for counsel. You should always seek God for wisdom. But guys, if you study God's word and you see him acting, you don't need to pray about it. Go. Rahab didn't wait. Rahab didn't talk. Rahab didn't, didn't, didn't have a, a Bible study. She, she just went. She acted. And that's why she went down in history. Sometimes we just got to stop being on the sidelines. And act. If you've been here before at Hope Church, I talk about this a lot. You know, oftentimes we, we are the backup quarterback. You ever watch on the NFL? I always love the backup quarterback. He's the guy with his hair all nice and fixed because he's not planning to play in the game. He's, he hadn't put his helmet on. He's not going to put his helmet on. But he's standing there with a the clipboard. A lot of times he's got a thing in. He's, he's helping, helping the coach call the play. He's, he's not ready. Most of us are the backup quarterback. We're not ready to get in the game. Our hair's all fixed. We're looking nice. We're not ready to, to act. But God's saying, listen, I don't, need your, I don't need you looking nice. Your hair all fixed. Get to work. Stop waiting around. If you see the activity of God, Rahab saw it. Go. Stop waiting. Move. Get down to verse 15. Then she let them down by a rope through the window. For her house was built into the city wall so that she lived in the wall. Number two, you have to be willing to take the risk. 
You have to be willing to take a risk. This was treachery to her people. If she got caught, she would have gotten killed. Guys, walking with God is not easy. It is a risky proposition. Man, I could sit up here and talk to, I, I could talk three or four hours and not run out of stories of the risks that we had to take as a church. When we went into the global pandemic, we were $12,000 behind. You know what we did? The elders and I, we prayed, Lord, what do you want to do with this? Then God inspired someone randomly. I felt like the Lord wanted me to give the church $12,000. And you know what, guys? Ever since then, we have not looked back. A global pandemic, we had just gotten even. A global pandemic hit. Man, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Guys, our church is more financially healthy now than before a global pandemic. That's how God works. Why? Because the leadership of this church said, Lord, what would you have us do? We buckled down. We tightened the belt on a few things. And guess what? God was faithful. But you have to be willing to take the risk. But guys, let's, let's face this. If God asks you to take a risk for him, is it really a risk? I mean, let's think about it. The God of the universe who controls all things, he's asking you to risk something. Is that really a risky proposition we're talking about? No, he already knows the outcome. He knows what's going to happen. He knows what you're going to do. He knows what's going to happen. So is it really a risk? The risk is waiting for you to step out of the boat. You know, the miracle did not happen for Peter to walk on the water. What was Jesus waiting for? He was waiting for Peter to step out of the boat. You had to take that risk to step out on the water. And guys, a lot of you today, God is waiting for you to go down in history for you to step out of that boat and take the risk. He's already there. He's walking on the water going, what are you waiting for? I'm here. All you got to do is walk to me. You just got to take the risk. <laughs> but is it really a risk? I mean, I'm sitting there in my office typing this going, take a risk. If God tells you to do something, take a risk. And I'm like, if God tells you to do it, is it really a risk? I mean, come on. Anyway, maybe that was just for me. All right, so 24, skip down. It's the last verse of chapter two. And they said to Joshua, truly, the Lord has given all the land into our hands and also all the inhabitants of the land melt away because of you. Rahab made possible what they were going to do. And the third thing we must do to go down in history is we have to leave a legacy. Leave a legacy. Guys, eventually the people will gain the promised land. I know, I know we kind of... Uh, gave away the ending when we titled this tearing down the walls but you know you read the bible you know what happens to uh, jericho but eventually people god's people enter to the, into the land because of what because of rahab's risk because of rahab acting upon what the lord asked her to do guys do you ever stop and think 
about the legacy that you're going to leave? You know, one thing, one thing that I have the opportunity to do as a pastor is I do a lot of funerals. And the funny thing about funerals is a lot of people lie and don't feel bad about it. You ever been to a funeral? People say about the, about the meanest people, they'll say the nicest things. You'll go, to, you'll go to the family member's funeral, and some of you are nodding your head because you've been to that funeral. You go to your family member's funeral, I was like, I didn't know this person was nice. Everybody's got all these nice things to say about them, right? Do you want to be that guy that people have to get up there and lie about you at your funeral? I've, I've told them before, my wife gets on to me. She goes, quit telling them this, but it's true. Uh, you know, don't make me get up there and preach your funeral and lie if you're going to be in heaven or not. Let me get up there and know. <laughs> One night... Here's a funny story. I'm going to let you behind the veil a little bit. I said that in service one time. And my wife goes, did you really tell them that you were going to preach all their funerals? Come on, babe. You can't. You, how do you know that you're going to outlive all of them? I said, babe, it's a metaphor. It's not really. It's like, don't say that to them, okay? So Crystal's advocating on y'all's behalf, guys, okay? So, but what do you want people to stand up at your funeral and say? Let me tell you what I want people to say at my funeral. That guy loved Jesus. He may have been crazy. He may have been done some crazy stuff, like dress up like Star Wars and give away Disney, 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 or Disney World tickets. But you know, he risked whatever he could for Jesus. Guys, I don't know if you know this about Hope Church. If you haven't figured it out yet, one thing that we will always, always risk, spend money pour into, invest into, is lives being changed. And guys, I know that at the movies seems like a silly movie series, uh, and you're like, you're, you're, you're baiting people with a Disney trip to come to church. If one person gets saved, that money is absolutely worth it. And guys, I'm here to tell you, something that big, five weeks of doing fun stuff like that, there's going to be more than one person saved. Because I believe that God's going to do big things. That's the beginning of three services. That's going to be a launching pad for us as a church. It's a small investment like this. Is that really that big of an investment? No, it's really not. It's really not. Because we're investing deeply into people's lives. We're saying, you know what? I love you. I love you so much. I'm willing to invest in you coming to church. That's how much I love you. And you know why people are drawn to that? Because it's different. They're drawn to that because all the world around them wants something from them. And all we want to do is give. That's how you leave a legacy. You, you give to people. You, you pour into their lives. You love them. You love them when we're not lovable. Guys, Rahab the prostitute. Why, why would God choose a prostitute to do that? Why would God choose a prostitute to, to deliver his people? You know why? Because God loves to use broken people because broken people know that they need Jesus. The problem is most of us are too busy having everything figured out that we're not broken enough to let God use us. Guys, the reason God doesn't use people that have it all figured out to do his work is because they're too busy having it all figured out and they're not looking for God. Guys, we have to be broken, constantly looking for Jesus. Guys, I'm here to tell you, 
I fail Jesus every day. But I know that his grace is enough. And my hope is, is that we as a church can leave a legacy for generations and generations to come. I don't want just my kids' generation to be a part of Hope Church. I want their kids' generation and the kids after that generation. I want Hope Church to last forever. You know why? Because legacy is key. What we will gauge about the success of us as a church is how much we invested in the next generation, how much we invested in those behind us. Guys, I'm here to tell you, I'm, I'm getting up to the age. Uh, I'm 36 now. I go to youth and they don't think I'm cool anymore. I'm like, man, uh, wow. Like, uh, they come back from youth camp like, man, was it lit? Was it awesome? They're like, looking at me like, what are you talking about, old man? I'm like, shut up. I'm wearing Air Force Ones. I know what you wear. Anyway, but guys, what they don't need from you, they don't need you to be cool because you're not. Get that off your chest. It's good, okay? What they need from you is to love them and invest in them. That's what they need. They need you to be there for them when they mess up, when they don't know what to do. They need you to be there when they need wisdom on how to deal with subjects that to you, you're like, are you kidding me? You're asking me about this? They need you to invest in them and walk them through those things. That's what they need from you. And far too often, we spend so much time looking down our nose at the next generation that they decide they don't want to be a part of us. But guys, in order for us to leave a legacy, we have to invest in people. I didn't say that in the first service, so that was for somebody out there for you today. So what does this mean for us? So I give you two sermons, but I only give you two questions. Okay, so... Sorry, I got extra credit on the sermon writing, but no credit for the, uh, for the questions section, okay? But I'm telling you, I'm sitting there typing away, and I get to two questions. I'm like, what else can I say? I'm like, Jesus is like, you said it. What else do you need to say? Okay, all right. So number one, do you need to get saved for real? I was going to stop with, do you need to get saved, question mark, but I added in the, I know it's not gr grammatically correct, and they yell at me about it all the time, but do you need to get saved, for real? I'm not talking about youth camp, walking the aisle, crying, and then going back and living however you wanted to live after that. I'm talking about, do you really need to get saved? The type of saved that changes your life. Guys, I've got two ways for you to respond to this today. In just a minute, we're going to have some people down here to pray. Pastor Grant and I will be down here at the front. I know somebody will be in the back. I'm not really sure who it is, but Pastor Mo's got somebody I know. But do you want to respond to God today? You can respond to us in person, or if you're an introvert and people scare you, we have an option for you. You can text, follow him, all one word, follow him to 97,000. Follow him to to 97,000. That's our text line. And you know what? Fill out a form that's there and that goes straight to my inbox. It doesn't go anywhere else but my email inbox. And I got a busy week this week. We're going to be at Kids Camp. I'm going to be with our kids at Kids Camp. It's going to be a blast in the heat of Texas. So much fun. But I will take some time out from having a blast with the kids to call you and walk you through what a relationship with Jesus looks like. I'd be happy to do it. 
It, and you know what? It'd be the best phone call I've made all week. Text follow him to 97,000. If, if you don't think that you can muster the strength to come down here and talk to one of us. My second question for you today is, do you want to be famous? Do you want to be famous? Guys, I wish I could tell you. I wish I could, I wish I could say in words what I feel in my heart is coming in the fall. I wish I could, because I, if I could say it, then I could get you as excited on the inside as I am. But guys, I believe that in the fall, we are going to begin a movement that is going to change this city, this county, and this world. And if you will get a part, you can be a part of leaving that lasting legacy. You can be famous for Jesus. Because guys, let's face it. We're coming off of one of the toughest 18 months we've ever had. And you're like, well, pastor, why, why aren't they coming to church right now? Well, they are. We've had a ton of visitors in the summer, which is not normal. But... You can't tell because everybody's put off vacation. I'm taking two vacations this year because I've got one that I put off from last year, if you're like me, right? And so a lot of people are traveling. And so when everybody settles in the fall, get back to, get back to school, everything gets back to normal, people are going to be hungry for Jesus like they've never been before. And guys, we're making an entire service for new people. Now, yes, some of you will go to some of it, and you know, it'll, it'll shake out and it'll be great. But that's how much we have faith that God is going to grow in the fall that we're providing one more service. Guys, in that service represents lives changed. You in this service today, I'm looking around the room. I see people in this, in this service that told me just coming into this place changed their lives. So why can't that happen for somebody else? All you got to do is say, would you like to go to Disney World? Meet me at Hope Church at 8.30, 10, and 11.30. I really got to practice those times because it's going to be hard. 8.30, 10, and 11.30. Hey, and just say, hey, and you know what? The number one way you can get people to go to church with you is one, if you can pick them up. I don't know, sometimes you don't have cars big enough, but take them to lunch afterwards. Be a good friend. Wouldn't you want, if you went somewhere new with somebody, for them to show up with you at the same time, walk you through, be your friend, and then take you to lunch after? That's how you take people to church.